Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, F. Scott Field, and I'm flying solo tonight. Tonight, we have with us two very special guests from Texas Women's University, Allie Smith and Elizabeth Orozco. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us tonight. One thing these ladies both have in common, they both attend Texas Women's University in a unique program. Uh, it's a DPT to a PhD program, and it's something that we've talked about on on this show ad nauseum. There's just not enough ways for the PT students to transition into some form of, uh, you know, terminal degree, and this is a great opportunity. So, ladies, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your academic journeys um, and, and how they got you to where you are today. Allie, we'll start with you, and then Elizabeth will follow up with you. All right. Um, I went to PT school at Wash U in St. Louis. I graduated in 2014 and then um, decided from there to do an orthopedic residency, which took me down to Harris Health System in Houston, Texas. I stuck around the Houston area to finish a manual therapy fellowship through Optum. I completed that in 2017, and I'm still here in Houston working for Harris Health, and I am part of the ortho residency faculty there now. All right. So I have a little bit of a different uh, background. I am actually a DPT student at Texas Women's University right now, part of the fast track program. So I started my uh, DPT education back in August 2016 and actually will be graduating this upcoming May. Um, TWU offers the fast track program for PT, DPT students uh, as a way to continue that post-professional education. Uh, and so I wasn't totally interested at first, but as I got more information and got deeper into the research uh, at TWU as part of my critical inquiry project, in addition to also doing a little bit of research with my DPT faculty advisor, realized this was something that I had a passion for. Um, and so I applied and I actually just began the PhD program this past summer, so summer of 2018, and I will be completing my first year this, uh, this May. Very cool. So what made you ladies decide to pursue a PhD and what, what are your plans after finishing the PhD? Um, after physical therapy school, my big focus was mostly on developing my skills to become a better PT. I thought I got a really good foundation at WashU, uh, but I knew that I could be better, so I thought a residency would be the fastest way to do that. Uh, that's also why I did the fellowship afterwards. And after, you know, getting more skills and feeling like I got my feet under me a little bit, I just thought that I could maybe do more good by getting a PhD. Uh, I really enjoy teaching. I have a lot of questions um, that, that I would like to answer and try to solve. And I just felt that maybe that was a, a better fit for me and where I belong and a better way to give back. 
So I have always had a passion for teaching. Um, and when I found out I could combine that passion with uh, my love for physical therapy, I started to consider uh, the PhD program. I sought advice from my DPT faculty advisor, kind of asked about how he got his PhD because he recently just graduated um, from the University of Puerto Rico. And he allowed me also to get involved in some research that he was doing. I went from just editing some of his manuscripts to helping him run stats and now helping him write some of those manuscripts. Uh, my experience with the critical inquiry projects that we've uh, been asked to complete as part of the DPT requirements has increased my interest. And so through all that, I just, like I mentioned, I decided to apply last spring my end goal with this PhD is to ultimately, once I graduate, to teach here and there, maybe one to two classes a year, um, and practice more as a clinician so that I can get more experience in the clinical setting, um, but then transfer to more academics at about, after about 15 years of practice um, and hopefully become part of a, a faculty team at a local university. Wow, you ladies are absolutely on the ball. I mean, you've got a plan, you've got goals. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in the EDD program, and, and, and I still don't to this day. I'm trying to figure it out. So kudos to you for, uh, for laying down a plan and following it. Are there any helpful prerequisites or steps or pads or tips that you would recommend to people who maybe want to do a PhD or, or maybe thinking about, you know, going through a PhD program that may make it a little easier or have them more prepared for it? Sure. Um, I would say be sure that you want to do it because <laughs> it's a pretty big time commitment. It, there's a financial commitment. Um, but if, if this is something that you really want to do, I would just start talking to more people. That's uh, where I started. It was really helpful. Uh, I'm lucky that here in Houston, I have so many people to reach out to and they're more than willing to help me. They've really gone out of their way to help me. So I would just reach out to somebody who has maybe gone through one or faculty that you're connected with, whether it's your previous PT school or one nearby. And then I would say definitely be organized, know how to manage your time you're pretty much going to be responsible for yourself and your own learning. So um, if you could handle that, then go for it. I'd say from a student perspective or those who are about to graduate and thinking about this, DPT students getting ready to graduate, um, getting involved in more than, of the, in more research than what the DPT requirements um, are, in, in that program. Uh, I had the opportunity to become a TA for one of the classes. So getting that teaching experience to say, hey, if I'm gonna do this, am I gonna be, am I gonna enjoy teaching at this level? Um, so I had an opportunity to be a TA for anatomy as, uh, in the last couple years. And then also just getting to learn a little bit more about research, joining a journal club, maybe helping uh, clinicians or or faculty with editing manuscripts, see if that's something that you are passionate about and that you enjoy learning because as Ali mentioned, it is a big time commitment. 
nobody's going to hold your hand through this and um, learning how to manage and juggle your time, especially as a working clinician, I can, ex I can imagine um, is not easy. And so really considering this before going forward uh, takes a lot of thought. And it personally took me about a year of thought before I said, okay, let's go ahead and jump, jump the gun on this one. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. I remember, I mean, I was a full-time clinician while working through my EDD and I, I don't know what I was thinking actually. To, to <laughs> the, probably not the wisest decision, but you know, people do it all the time and, and we survive somehow we find a way. Um, is there any sort of alternative PhD programs or anything that you guys have seen in your studies so far and in talking and networking with other people, um, just as far as other PhD programs that you've seen and other models across the U S. Sure. Um, T I know TW offers the unique experience to do the PhD while you are a DPT student. That's pretty unique. There are, I think, other schools that offer that as well. Um, then there are several other programs that offer the PhD for somebody who's already been out and working for a while and have their DPT, so like an external DPT candidate. Uh, the TWU PhD is in physical therapy, so that's one option, but I know there's a ton of programs out there in rehab science or in movement science or in biomechanics. So I would look for a program that fits your needs and fits what you're looking for because there are a lot of options out there. And then PhD isn't the only option either. There's the doctor of science and then like you did with the EDD. So there are, there are quite a few options out there. Yeah, I found very similar results uh, to Allie. I didn't do much of a search before applying, um, but did consider even getting a PhD in something different than physical therapy. And as mentioned, there are a bunch of uh, PhDs in rehab sciences, movement disorders, movement sciences. Um, I know that very few universities offer that dual uh, DPT to PhD program. Um, and they all work very differently in terms of requirements. And uh, I know some schools even require the students to apply uh, for the PhD program when they apply for the DPT program, which is kind of scary. And, and the thought that I don't, I don't know if I would have known by then um, if that's exactly what I wanted to do. But I, I agree with Allie, really making sure that you know that you want a PhD in physical therapy or for somebody who might be wanting to learn something different, I have my professor um, has a PhD in anatomy and it has actually opened a lot of avenues for him and he's gotten to take that insight and utilize it and help uh, teach us his different things that he's learned with that PhD in anatomy. Yeah, I'd like to take some credit and say that I knew what I was doing when I signed up for the EDD, but I mean, realistically, in the back of my mind, I think I knew I wanted something a little bit different. And, and like you said, it it does open other avenues. I mean, I could literally teach education now in an undergrad setting or even a graduate school setting, uh, which is kind of neat. Um, I didn't ever expect that to happen, but I have had a couple opportunities come to me that, that involved education. So, um, you know, again, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think... Uh, hope that's okay. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're tough on ourselves sometimes when we don't really know a direction and what we want to do. And, 
uh, you know, I think you guys have brought some really good information as far as uh, outlines and stuff. And speaking of which, um, could you guys give us a little bit about the outline of your program? I think there's two separate really good perspectives here as far as classwork versus research uh, and the approximate timeline for that. Sure. I think one of the big pros of Texas Women's is you can really make an independent plan that works for you. They have almost like a grid of certain classes that are offered at certain times. So you can look at your schedule and sign up and figure out what works best for you. Once you begin, you have 10 years to finish it. So if you have a big life event like um, get married or have a kid or something, you could take an extended amount of time off and be just fine. Um, or if you're more like me and you want to blaze on through as fast as humanly possible, you can do that too. Yeah, There's... I had four years to finish mine and that, that was probably too much to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> the faster the better. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they really let you do whatever you think you can handle. The only real requirement is that you do two semesters where you're considered a resident. So it's at least six credits. But most of the classes are either online or hybrid, where you could do maybe two or three weekends a semester in person, which is really great. Um, for us, it's convenient for me because I live in Houston. But even for there's a person in our class that lives in Germany, and they make it work. So um, I think they they really do a good job of letting you kind of forge your own path. For my path's been a little bit different. So uh, for the fast track uh, DPT to PhD program, they start us off with one class per, per semester. Um, and so that's what I've been doing in conjunction with my DPT courses. And so I actually have a meeting with the faculty advisor to go for, to go over my plan. But the idea is to um, have me graduate with a PhD in three or more years after I complete the DPT. Um, so kind of giving me that advantage. Another good thing about uh, TWU and, and the fast track program is that I'm allowed to use 38 of my credit hours towards my 90 credit hours needed in order to earn a PhD. So I've actually gotten to use a little bit of my DPT coursework for the PhD program that thus putting me ahead um, in that nature and I think that as I go forward the expectation is to take at least two classes each semester to kind of speed up the process and that's what I'm looking forward to uh, after after graduation is to start taking those two courses each semester and then eventually uh, begin working on my dissertation work. Yeah, and those those ahead. credits that um, that apply are huge because not only does it save you time, it saves you quite a bit of money. I think it's I have to take twelve extra credits, which isn't a huge amount. Um, thankfully, because I have the DPT, I don't have to get the full ninety. A big chunk of that is already done from the external DPT that I got, but. To have an additional 12 credits knocked off of that is pretty substantial. So 
for the DPT students that know that they want to do this, um, what an awesome opportunity, I think. Yeah, I was going to say I had this similar opportunity through St. Augustine. It was uh, three of the courses from the transitional doctorate overlapped the, the, the EDD. So I was able to kind of transfer those over, which, uh, you know, it probably saved me about $12,000 if I, if I had to guess, um, and, and a full, almost a full year. Um, so yeah, I think we're having a conversation nowadays smartly, uh, you know, around cost. It just, you know, um, it, it, it has to make sense from a financial standpoint as well. There has to be some form of return on your investment for these degrees or it just doesn't make sense. And that's why I think we're, we're having a lot of trouble getting DPTs to go into terminal degree paths because it's already right up against the bubble as far as how much we're going to make. There's a relative glass ceiling, you know, with, with PTs at some point where 10, 20 years of experience and you're, you're tapped out, you're just not going to make any more, um, you know, if you're just going to a normal nine to five. So, you know, it has to make sense to be able to pay your student loans back um, for sure. But would you, ladies, uh, speaking of cost, um, would you mind outlining a little bit about the approximate cost that you think the, uh, the program will run you by the time you're all said and done? I definitely have that spreadsheet somewhere. But it's, uh, it's very affordable uh, being a Texas resident and it being a public school, I was pleasantly surprised at how affordable it was, especially after the private PT school price tag that I had earlier. Um, just looking at a regular semester here, uh, taking two classes, so six credits, is about Twenty-seven fifty, so that would be like one semester. That that's tuition, that's fees, that's everything. Yeah, that's really not that bad. I mean, I kind of did the same thing. I, I I say this time and time again, but I I feel like I did school wrong. Like I went to a private university for undergrad, a state school in North Carolina. I was a resident by then for grad school. Then I went back to a private school again to finish the DPT and do the EDD. And if I had to do it all over again. I'm going to preach it to my kids. Two years of, of junior, you know, junior JUCO and, and go to community college. Two years of state school to get your BA and then whatever grad school you want to go to, preferably in state, and uh, just keep it as cheap as possible because, again, it, it's just all about the, the student loan and that bubble's about to burst. I think uh, we hear that on this show time and time again. You know, what, what's the, the biggest issue? It's cost. So. I don't know when and I don't know how, but it's about to burst, I think. So I have to agree with you there. <laughs> on the edge of our seats. Elizabeth, what, what about the, uh, the, the fast track? What does that look like? So I continue, I continue to pay the DPT um, tuition, which for TWU is, is relatively inexpensive. I think it's about 36000 for the all three years. So uh, especially if you're in, and I have in-state tuition. Um, I did do a little bit of research. I know it's about 250 or $273 on average per hour uh, for any graduate courses at TWU. So then you times that. We have, our, all of our classes are about three-hour um, credit classes. 
And so times that by three, you get about relatively about $700 with, and then add the fee. So I'm, my goal uh, with cost is to be able to pay, once I graduate, to be able to pay this out of pocket, save a little bit of extra every semester, every six months or so, put it away towards this and be able to pay this out of pocket in cash. And that was one of my, the reasons why I chose to do my PhD at uh, TWU because the, the relative and expense uh, of the program. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, really affordable, um, you know, and then again, at the end, you culminate in a, in a terminal degree, which any way you look at it, it's going to help you out in the long run. You'll be able to use it uh, in one way, shape, or form, I promise, uh, especially if CAPTI kind of keeps those 50% ratios of terminal degrees to non-terminal degrees for DPT staff. So we'll see how that shakes out. But what are some of the strengths and weaknesses that you guys are finding in some of the didactic work and some of the coursework that you're going through right now? I think I already mentioned you can kind of go at your own pace, which I know I really appreciate. Uh, another strength of the program, I believe, is the freedom to develop your own projects. Again, like you can really take this wherever you want it to go. Uh, you could do more quantitative. You could do more qualitative. You could look. You could look at any population. You could look at patients, you can look at clinicians, you can look at students, you develop it yourself. Whereas I think with a lot of other programs, maybe you hop on board with a faculty member who's already, who already has a line of research in something and you assist them with continuing on with that, which I don't know, sometimes that sounds nice <laughs> to have some direction and like hop on board and do it work with somebody who's already established but at the same time it's really nice where I can pretty much do whatever I want as long as it's you know a solid project that's going to contribute to something eventually. Yeah I think um, just being one year into this program um, the ability to work on at least one course while I take my DPT courses they haven't been as strenuous and like Ali mentioned I can pick the courses that are not easy but not as difficult during this time when I'm trying to manage completing the DPT doing my rotations and it trying to do at least one PhD course each semester um, the faculty have been great um, in terms of investing their time they they really care about the each student and and the success of each one um, and I found that it's real, like I said, it, it, the program is really tailored towards the working clinician. And I think that's important, um, especially when, like you mentioned, CAPTI is really pushing for that 50% of uh, professors to have a terminal degree. How can we make this manageable for the working clinician to go back to school? Um, and so it, having that flexibility to do the, a lot of the courses online or meeting, you know, one or two weekends on the weekend, uh, one or two weekends out of the semester are really the strengths of the program um, that I've found thus far. I'd like to second the supportive faculty. I got to Houston. I had no affiliation with any programs down in Texas and 
the faculty at Texas Women's here in Houston have gone out of their way to help me out and make me feel welcome. And I just haven't really experienced that anywhere else before. And I just think, I don't know, I think that's definitely one of the biggest strengths of the program that is going to be really hard to find if you're like Googling what programs are. I think that's why it's important to talk to people if you're interested in doing a PhD because they can give you some insight onto how it really runs. And um, I'm just very, very grateful to be a part of this program. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it. I, I know a handful of the faculty there and they're all great people. So I, I definitely support what they're doing down there. Would you ladies mind telling us a little bit about your dissertation projects or your research, or if you don't want to dive into it too deeply, just areas of passion for you? Oh, the ultimate question. I wish I had a more um, solid idea. Right now, I just have lots of big ideas and big interests that I'm really hoping this summer to help uh, narrow it down a little bit. But if it makes I'm more you feel any better. I went through three IRB revisions before oh. I got my idea finally narrowed down. So Ooh. don't worry about it. It'll come. It'll come. <laughs> well, I guess you have to have an idea first. I mostly just have interests at this time. And they they're definitely more qualitative in nature. I am interested in resilience and burnout, uh, the student debt problem mental health of PT students, PTs, our patients. I think I work for a community hospital down here in Houston and I see uh, social determinants of health being something that's super interesting. I love everything Brene Brown says with regards to shame and vulnerability. Uh, the patients that I treat are really unique. I feel like they're often the ones that are excluded from every study because they don't speak English or they have many comorbidities. So I really don't have a solid plan right now, but I have lots of interests and hopefully this summer I'll be able to, to nail something down. I'm currently in the same boat. I've been considering a lot of different options. I have worked this last year to help my DPT faculty advisor with uh, projects in regards to the HIV population. Uh, we've looked at balance in the HIV population as it is a large problem. How does balance affect them? In addition to, um, we've looked at also a lot of people are asymptomatic um, in their balance and their postural instability, but have actually uh, demonstrated um, some balance deficits when tested. Um, we've I've helped a little bit with uh, diabetes, the diabetes population, looking at balance in that population. Um, but for my critical inquiry project, was had a, a totally different focus and um, looking at web-based interventions uh, to promote physical activity and in, uh, individuals with spinal cord injury. 
So my areas of interest are everywhere. I'm out in the clinic, started developing an interest of looking at EMG studies for the most practical um, exercises for the best recruitment of different uh, muscles. And so I had this conversation yesterday, where do I go with all these ideas um, and hoping to, you know, nail something within the next year or so, but hoping that my experience as a clinician um, that will soon soon start kind of help narrow those those ideas and uh, I'll be able to pick a topic. Yeah, there's no real rush on that stuff. Like just get a huge whiteboard, jot down a bunch of ideas or I keep a little pad in my front pocket anytime I've got ideas and I just keep writing them down. Some of them are pretty terrible, uh, <laughs> but, but some of them end up being pretty decent and they lead to other things. So you know, just keep writing them down. Keep thinking. I think, uh, you know, we're, if you're pursuing a, a terminal degree, there's a, a good chance you're a lifelong learner. So I think you'll be all right. Um, eventually you'll narrow it down. And if you don't, you'll go through the IRB several times and they'll help you narrow it down. I promise, uh, from personal experience, but what is some advice or one golden nugget, uh, like a tip that you would give someone considering a PhD program? I would say if if you have an interest or a passion for teaching or if you have burning questions and you want to find the answer, I would say go for it. It's such a cool opportunity and I guess I'm biased. I really love school, but um, I could, just couldn't pass up an opportunity to to learn more, especially when it gets to be about a topic or a subject or something that you're really, really passionate about? I would say if this is something you're considering and something that I was told, um, look at, look at the different universities that offer PhD programs. Um, look at how much they emphasize teaching versus the research. Um, I really one thing I really do like about TW's program is they highlight the teaching aspect of it um, in the program. And you can go to universities where they're NIH driven um, and they're producing big research projects with big grants with little, little instruction on how to become a, a good professor or you can go to a smaller university um, and kind of get the best of both worlds. And so I think really looking into what do you want out of your PhD program and what is the experience you're looking for um, is really going to help determine one, if you want to do it and number two, where you want to do it. Yeah, that is excellent advice, ladies. You're both such an inspiration. I, I love what you guys are doing. We like to wrap with this one final question we ask all of our guests. If you could change one aspect of higher education, whether it be DPT or terminal degree, what aspect would you change and how would you change it? I have two things. One you've heard probably every single episode and that's cost. Uh, I think a cool idea is the flipped classroom model. I can read books and I can read PowerPoints on my own. I think it would be super cool to show up to school and get more of the meat and potatoes done and have the harder discussions and the problem solving and the critical thinking piece. I think that could be maybe one way to drive the cost down a little bit. Uh, but the other 
thing that I think I would change would be more of an emphasis on the quote unquote soft skills. I think they're far more important than we give them credit for. Uh, obviously, being able to get through the rigors of of a program is important, but it's it's seemingly those intangibles like listening and communication and connecting with other people that's so important to be a successful physical therapist that I don't know if there'd be a way to screen for that more in applicants or to have more classes to help develop those skills. I think that would be a a pretty cool thing to see. Allie, it's funny. You you literally took the words right out of my mouth. I had that one written down because, you know, you're fine. Uh, That is something that we talk about, you know, in the DPT education. Um, And as we, I went back to class this week after finishing my final rotation. And, and the biggest thing that everybody mentioned was, you know, um, the thing that mattered most in my rotation was my soft skills, my ability to connect with patients. And in my DPT education, we had one class that focused on psychosocial issues uh, and having those difficult conversations with the patients who are struggling with mental disorders, uh, depression, anxiety. How do you um, talk to the individual with chronic pain? And, and I really wish there was more of that because I feel that, yes, you can teach the hard skills, but sometimes the soft skills are harder to uh, develop and learn um, to make more of a uh, autom- automatic response when that when you're um, faced with somebody who you know has a who has depression or ask you a difficult question in, in the clinic but um, I couldn't agree more with you and I think that's what really sets apart a good clinician from a great clinician is that person who's able, to um, establish that rapport and connect with the patient within the first few minutes of their of their visit. Yeah, you guys both hit the nail on the head. I think Zach Gabar and um, Steph Allen are doing some really good things with the Level Up Initiative. Um, check those out if you haven't already. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's all about soft skills and communication skills and some things that we tend to overlook a little bit or, or just kind of brush to the side because they're supposed to be soft and easy. Uh, when in reality, they're, we're finding they're a lot more difficult than that and they're a lot deeper than that. So um, speaking of the show notes and links, ladies, where can uh, people find you if they want to ask any follow-up questions or just want to reach out to you on social media and chat? I think the best place for... Me, Allie, would be uh, Twitter. My handle is at Allie Smith DPT. I would agree. The best place uh, would be Twitter as well. And my Twitter handle is Elizabeth O-R and the number 12. All right. We'll put those in the show notes as well. I don't know why PTs flock to Twitter so much, but we do. It's a thing. <laughs> I don't know why. It just is. Uh, Well, ladies, thank you again so much for your time and for coming on tonight. It was really a pleasure to talk to you and hear about uh, these neat terminal degree programs that are out there. And, you know, I hope this kind of gets the ball rolling and the conversation started about what is out there and and, and realize that, you know, it's not easy, but uh, it can be done. You just got to do your due diligence and, uh, and find a program that works for you. So thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you.